right. Hey guys, today I have a very special guest, Ali. We connected on Instagram and I'm so excited for her to share her story with you guys. So Ali, what events in, in your life made you want to use cannabis? Um, so I used to play volleyball throughout high school and continued into university. And I actually ended up getting a pretty bad shoulder injury. I tore all of my ligaments and tendons uh. in front of my shoulder. And uh, so I was using cannabis recreationally uh, beforehand since right before grade 12 started. Um, and this was maybe a year and a half afterwards. And I had left the volleyball squad uh, and started focusing more on my studies and was still using cannabis recreationally until my roommate came home with some cannabis cream that she had picked up and was like, you should try this. I bet it's going to do something. The guy at the shop said it's really good for pain. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up using the cream and I was actually able to stop doing prolotherapy, IMS and steroid injections within wow. like three months. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. It was super cool. And so it got me really curious on, hey, why is this working instead of everything else I've been trying and blowing my money out the door? Uh, and then ended up kind of changing my life and how I thought about cannabis and, hey, why am I getting high when I smoke, but this cream isn't doing anything to me? Right. Yeah, so it was, it was neat to have it introduced in that form. Yeah, that's very cool. CBD cream or like cannabis cream is like amazing. When I was in the CBD industry for a little bit, I actually sold some like CBD topicals to my friend's moms and they actually got out of physical therapy way faster because of it or had to stop using their brace. Like they loved it. They couldn't stop buying it. And I asked my friend, I was like, oh, like, how's your mom doing? She's like, oh, she's already out of physical therapy like really early. I was like, I love it. Yeah. It's, it's wild how it ends up working out. And like, once you actually learn about your endocannabinoid system and like mm -hmm. how things actually can function with cannabis, it can, it can really change people's lives. And oh, yeah. I mean, that was over five years ago now. Uh, and I'm actually dealing with a pretty gnarly back uh, injury with my spinal cord. Oh, really? And so I've been using topicals to completely get rid of my sciatica, which can be as bad as like, you know, a couple of twitches here and there or some pains in your hip, but I've experienced like full loss of function and feeling and, you know, oh. taking a 50 milligram CBD bath bomb and jumping in the bath for 20 minutes can completely reduce that. And I could go for like a three hour walk afterwards. Wow. So it's crazy. It can literally just not fully cure, but reduce that pain in like 20 minutes. It's fantastic. Wow. That's great. And for the people who are wondering, how many times did you use the cannabis cream throughout your day to help it work? On a good day, maybe once. On a okay. bad day, it can be like every hour, depending oh. on. Uh, I don't want to keep applying a bunch of cream to my skin yeah. because it's super oily. It's going to clog your pores and not going to be great for your skin. Mm -hmm. So if it's a really, really bad day, I'm, I'm more than likely to take a bath with a bath bomb or infused bath salts that I make at home or something okay. along those lines, because then you can actually just soak rather than continuously reapply, have it rub off on your clothes or your furniture. And stuff. Yeah, for sure. And like the CBD cream I use, because I'm an athlete and I you know, work out and stuff, I pull everything in my body all the time, but it's 300 milligrams and it has lidocaine in it but so it like numbs it cools it. it's like a really nice feeling but at the same time you don't 
really want to apply that all the time because you know it's still like not the best but i definitely yeah. using it can change everything because if i have really bad pain it would take me out for like a week i can't work out i can't do anything and then i put that cream on and i'm recovered in like two days it's crazy i'll put it on like once in the morning yeah night. bam done yeah or like there's days where you know especially with the back injury right now like getting up like from a couch or even bed it's like oh I feel super old and it's that moment of like you're kind of <laughs> bending over holding your back and so you know you throw on some cream and the spot that kind of has the most inflammation or pain and you know 20 minutes later getting up off the couch again and you're like oh man I feel good we could go dancing or something like <laughs> right yeah it completely awesome. reduces the pain so you found out this cream was helping you a lot you got more interested in the plant what did you decide to do with all this new information? So I started kind of diving into more research online, YouTube videos, the classic, you know, stuff people go for. Uh, but then it came to a point where I was starting to look into working into the cannabis industry. Um, wasn't totally loving the current market um, for what I had gone to university originally for, which is uh, Indigenous studies and uh, cultural artifacts among uh, different religious practices mm -hmm. and so it was kind of hard doing what I was doing given the business models people were working with mm -hmm. and as much as I like really respect the approach of business people were taking it just wasn't for me um, I'm not going to act like someone different or more professional because it fits your business model. Yeah. I can be professional, but I'm not gonna also change the way I talk or the way I dress. It's just who I am. Uh, so I started being like, you know, the cannabis industry is super open to that kind of individualism and yeah. supporting, you know, that aspect of, we went from legacy to legal yeah. pretty quick. And so I started taking some courses uh, last year, during my last semester of university, I completed two certificate programs for cannabis, uh, one from Green Flower in California and one for Cannabis Sommelier here Amazing. in Vancouver from CannaReps. Yeah. I love that. I wish I could take those classes, but aren't they a lot of money? Um, the CannaReps one was less than $300. So, I mean, it's, um, that's Canadian prices as well. So not extremely expensive, but mm -hmm. definitely cheaper than the university courses that I took. Uh, and then Greenflower, I actually got into that program for free because COVID hit and they ended up doing April 420 free month. So you had a month okay. to finish the course. So it was me just finishing like, up my university my courses. <laughs> Yeah, finishing up that. Uh, it was a painful, painful month to try and fit that all in, but so worth it. Right. So you went to these classes and then you told me you made a program for yourself, right? Yeah. So it was before I took the courses, I started really individualizing the kind of products that I was using. And by that point, you know, two-ish years ago, I really started focusing on how cannabis can help my mental health. Mm -hmm. 
being a person who does have anxiety, has dealt with depression, can be really intense sometimes. And CBD completely changed my mind about where I was mentally. And it was really interesting to do that. And just going back to that same thing, why is this thing working one way and this other product works a different way? Why did I go on a tolerance break? Because I thought I was going crazy with anxiety every time I smoked when it ended up just being a kind of terpene that my body has a really bad response to. That's so interesting. Yeah. So after I kind of started looking into that, I built out this cannabis program and pretty much what it is, is one of those, you know, seven day pill boxes. And, you know, you take it at this time, you do it this day, and it's the same thing for cannabis. So in the mornings, I do infused coffee or infused teas with THCAs. So it gets rid of my grogginess from having an edible or smoking too much the night before, if I am using recreationally or can't sleep. You got this Um, all planned out. (laughs) Yeah. And then, you know, smoking or consuming different edibles or dried flowers throughout the day in different consumption methods. So early in the earlier in the day, I'm probably more likely to vape. And then later at night, I'm more likely to have a joint or, you know, those high pain uh, moments when, you know, I have an episode of inflammation. That's when I would use a bath bomb. Uh, But every day, usually in the afternoon, I tend to put on the cream. So it's just breaking up all of my cannabis consumption into a schedule or routine. That's amazing. You like just know your body so well. That's, I don't know if I could figure that out. I mean, you have to take all these courses. (laughs) I I mean, like if everyone could get their own individualized plan that like needs it, that could change a lot. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, as long as doctors get to know these things Mm -hmm. or, you know, the fact that people don't know that your body produces chemicals that that the cannabis plant also produces like endocannabinoids and phytocannabinoids are one in the same they're just Mm -hmm. coming from a different organism and that's why cannabis works people need to know that and have access to education to be able to go hey what can my medical plan look like how can I make the best out of cannabis consumption regardless of getting high, because 90% of the stuff that I consume doesn't get me high. Yeah, you figured it out. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I broke the barrier for myself on that one. (laughs) Yeah, that's very impressive. So were you able to replace your pharmaceutical medications with cannabis? Um, To an extent, yes. There have been times where there is no option other than to take a prescription because it's the best choice. Mm-hmm. As much as I love plants over pills, there are just some things that work in your body that cannabis can't and other plants just can't, you know, make it function the way that you're hoping. And so yeah. I would say 99% of the time, absolutely. Mm-hmm. If it gets to a point where cannabis isn't doing the trick, yeah, I'll try it out. But if it also isn't working for me, it's, I'm not going to stay on it. Like mm-hmm. I know how my body is going to respond I've been on some medications that I've absolutely hated. Um, And since I think it was, gosh, grade 11, years and years ago now, I had to go on T3s for another volleyball injury. And from that moment, 
I was like, I am never taking a chemical substance in my life. And even to this day, Advil, Tylenol, not my thing. Wow. Yeah, that extra get, substance get stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I like to be in control of my body and know what's up with it. And yeah. that was just the most awful, awful scenario. And some things are for all people. Heck, if you're doing stuff recreational, have stuff for me. <laughs> like, take my part of it. But individually, not interested. It just not as good as cannabis at the end of the day. Yeah, that's true. And it's so easy to get injured with volleyball because I used to play it too. And oh my God, it takes a real toll on your body. Like I totally. had to, you know, really stretch my shoulder. Like it's so easy to pull something or tear something. I'm surprised I didn't. I've come very close, but I don't know. I've got lucky. Yeah. So you told me that you're also planning to have a full cannabis recovery after your surgery, right? Yeah. So a uh, little bit about my current injury. I'm super prone to them. Anybody who knows me, I'm a klutz uh, at my best. So um, I'm also super, super tall. I'm oh, six yeah. foot three. <laughs> so the amount of clumsiness clumsiness is just emphasized at that point um but yeah so I'll be going into surgery sometime in the next 18 months because of COVID things got pushed right. back a little bit and I don't feel like paying a private price uh so I'm on the wait list um at the moment it is a herniated disc uh in my L4 L5 pinching one of my nerves but I also have bone spurs growing in the same place which are also poking in at all of those things already happening. So luckily oh. it's a super quick surgery on my spine. Oh, um, there's not a ton of risks associated to it as well. They're not actually dealing with my spinal cord. So paralysis is out of the question, which oh. is sweet. Um, for all of my legs, there's a little bit of you know risks with any surgery. Mm. Um, but when I was talking and getting my consult, uh, and speaking with my doctors and surgeons, I'm like, hey, um, so what's the procedure for medications after this? Because opioids are 100% out of the question. Right. Never will that kind of substance touch my body. Mm -hmm. um, we have a crazy opioid crisis in our province right now. And I've lost a couple of people during the pandemic because of it. So even though it could take away the pain and be a super fun, trippy time, uh, Again, not for me. Um, so I was asking them, you know, what's the medication like? And they said, oh, well, you could go on my favorite thing, T3s. Like, okay, T3s at its best um, will kind of just make me crazy loopy, which I could deal with. However, with the right kind of structuring before and after my surgery with cannabis consumption, I could replace T3s technically with cannabis. Yeah, you'd rather have They that. seemed pretty open to it. Uh, and so we're still having the discussions and I might be doing a full cannabis recovery on back surgery. Woo, yeah. awesome. It's super That's sweet, good. it's super sweet. Yeah. So got all this education, took all these classes, got the sommelier certificate. Tell us about your job timeline. What did you used to do and what do you do now? I worked in restaurants for a majority of my life until last year when I stepped away from it. 
best decision I ever made. Uh, being around that kind of culture was super fun. Uh, very glad that the pandemic hit and I was forced to become a hermit. I've never been happier in my life. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was working in restaurants a ton. I was doing a lot of volunteer work uh, and working in art galleries a couple of years ago. Um, and then I started working as a customer service agent for a hardware company, uh, Namaste Vapes. And eventually last year, um, after my first year with them, I moved into a position for an e-commerce coordinator for all of our cannabis product uh, for a medical platform called Canmart. So we are an online dispensary. It's super cool working with them. I pretty much oversee anything that happens with a product while it's being brought into the uh, platform. So uh, talking to the vendors, doing some of the tech work, coordinating our departments, uh, and working with anybody else who has collaborative tasks on bringing in those products. Uh, so that's what I'm currently doing um, and working as their in-house sommelier as well. Uh, even though it's not officially my title, a lot of the stuff that I do kind of goes back to those courses that I was doing and I absolutely love it. I work from home. I have a great team, um, a lot of great people that I work under as well. And it's super neat, some of the stuff that we get to do. You definitely deserve that title. <laughs> you, have, you just know so much. Oh my gosh. It's, so, it's honestly crazy though, because at the same time, like I hear some people talk about other aspects of cannabis, especially in the industry. Mm -hmm. And have, like, at least 10 times a day, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and I learned something new. Yes. So it's like a never ending mm -hmm. education system. and. You I know, there's that. always going to be more stuff to build off of. Yeah. It, I feel like that's with everything, though. Like, you, there's never, you can't ever know everything, you know? <laughs> there's yeah. more things to learn. Like, every day I go on my computer, I'm like, this is my face I make every day. Because I'm like, I had no idea this did this, this helps this, this helps that. It just, it makes my day, honestly, just doing this yeah. research. That's me during my meetings too, is just like, hmm, that scratching the chin, kind of like playing with your beard moment. That's <laughs> that's me. And I'm just like, really? Yeah. That's such a new piece of information that blows my mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So have you ever had to convince someone to try cannabis even after hearing your story, like family members or anyone? Yeah, um, when I was in university, a lot of my friends knew that I was the stoner of the group or that, that chick in class who smells probably <laughs> because she was smoking before. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot of people did come to me because the biggest thing that I try and use with people who don't consume cannabis and think it's not for them or have a negative stigma around it is, hey, if you don't want it, like, don't do it right like at the end of the day or you know if you want to try it and then it's not for you I'm not going to push it on you after if the smell bugs you some people get migraines or flashbacks about a bad experience when they got high when they were you know a teenager and I don't want to force that on you so if you're a friend who doesn't like the smell yeah I'll go outside I'll cross the street I'll stand downwind like I'll I'll do everything that I can you know, put on my cannabolish spray to cover the scent when we go back inside. Because yeah. I don't want to put you 
in a position where you feel forced to be around something that makes you uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And at that point, you need to kind of look of it, look at it like it is a drug. Because at the end of the day, it is a substance, right. but it's just a heck of a lot more healthier and beneficial mm -hmm. than anything else. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the friends that I had, you know, never consumed cannabis before they met me. And so they would come over and we would do a full sit down. Okay, this is how we're going to consume, which one smells best to you. You know, how are we going to get you to inhale or eat an edible or, you know, what do you want? for that and it's great because we have two therapy cats here and people could just chill out have a really good time and know that they were in a safe space yeah. so I was able to change a couple of minds about that a lot of them were like I did it once off my bucket list probably never going to do it again good at least they got yeah. the experience of it but there definitely are some people who are still not for what I do mm, yeah because uh, they're part of a generation that thinks that it's this terrible thing oh, yeah. um and you know at the end of the day you are inhaling something which that action for some people just is not okay yeah mm -hmm. fine it was just to open people's minds to topicals because there's yes. no way that you can get high from it majority of people in that generation do have some kind of arthritis back pain sciatica um you know some old inner injury started pulling something have you know go to a chiropractor all of those things can be helped with topicals and when they smell good and can be used on a cream form it's not as intimidating as I'm gonna get you super high off of 100 milligrams yeah it's a much safer option yeah and anytime someone is you know new to using it it's best to put them in that kind of environment a lot of people never smoke weed again because they wanted to smoke weed with their one friend and the one friend is like how funny would it be if we got them super hot and then they end up either greening out or oh, wow. having the worst experience and yeah. it's your friend's fault it's yeah. not yours yeah and you it's just in the not... right environment with the right people the yeah thing. exactly so you know that's that's the biggest thing is to start introducing people into the non-intoxicating and well-rounded products or even hemp products oh yeah because that can even have a more open reception to it yeah. for some reason rather than <laughs> cannabis yeah because they're like oh they know they won't get them high at all so they're like oh it's safe yeah but realistically if you the same thing. <laughs> the same form, yeah. yeah so you're continuously educating yourself you told me you're still taking classes right now right Yes, I am still doing classes. I actually, I wrote out a list of them because there's so many. Oh, um, so the ones that I just signed up with were um, with Dr. Michelle Ross and she's a neuroscientist, researcher, journalist, writer, activist, teacher. Uh, she was one of my professors in um, Greenflower and she has this book called Vitamin Weed <laughs> listeners you should probably read this book uh yes, there's a lot I of science too. stuff in it but it's amazing uh and it changed my whole perspective of of cannabis before anything else so the courses that i'm taking with her at the moment are cannabis and motherhood postpartum depression and cannabis cannabis and fertility cannabis with fibromyalgia migraines pelvic pains and choosing cbd wow yeah. <laughs> 
that's a lot that's like my size courses <laughs> yeah it's it's quite a lot I actually think that might be more than six I think that's seven uh, oh, wow. but yeah it's crazy a full-time student <laughs> Yeah, and you know, I don't ever want to end doing it. This this oh, yeah. learn from home, learn at your own pace is really great for me being a full-time worker and doing extra volunteer work as well. So this was perfect for me. So she had a promotion up as well. Always look out for those promotions, people. Man, getting mm -hmm. cannabis courses on a deal is fantastic. Right. Saves yeah. so much money. For sure. Yeah, it's like I want to take more courses, but I have to wait till I'm done with college. So then I don't have too much going on. But yeah, yeah I'm going to continuously educate myself for the rest of my life because it is so important, not just only to ed educate yourself, but to educate others, because you might tell someone some really important information that might even like save their lives. I've heard many stories of people who've had cancer and the doctors didn't know what to do. Like chemo wasn't doing all of it, wasn't killing all the cancer. And then they were like, oh, maybe we should try cannabis. And they took that chance. And it was like literally the only thing that saved the person's life. It's yeah, it's just mind blowing what cannabis can do. So well, it has such great cell regeneration properties. So when you have deteriorating cells or cell damage, cannabis, especially raw cannabis, is such a great form to treat that, which is why it's used for things like chemotherapy or cancer patients is because it it helps reset those DNA mutations back to their normal state. And cannabis is all about keeping your body regulations, you know, in homeostasis. <laughs> yeah, where they're yeah. supposed to be. So it's it's really great that people are starting to open up about this. We just need the education to be public and not something that mm -hmm. people pay for. If this system in your body that works with cannabis runs every other system in your body. How, how are we not learning about it in biology class? And like, no one knows about the endocannabinoid system. Like I just getting into the CBD business, that's when I learned about it. And I'm like, why didn't we know this? Like, this is one of the most important systems in our entire body and it like doesn't exist. Yeah. And especially like, if you know how, these are also negative, you know, examples, but if you know how alcohol responds in your liver and with your brain, or how cocaine functions in your bloodstream or with your heart right. like how do you not know how cannabis works right. if you're covering these things in basic psychology and biology classes in high school like talk about this and you can talk about cannabis without pushing the fact that people can get high yeah. if you want to teach it to kids at a you know younger age it's a medication yeah don't confuse them for sure I know it bothers me so much. Uh, <laughs> me too. Going off on, so you said you're learning about cannabis and like women's health. Um, this is actually a really interesting topic because I've had people ask me like, um, can I consume cannabis while pregnant or can I take CBD while pregnant? And I've just been like, you know, I'm not a doctor. I don't know. You should probably talk to your doctor. I don't want to give anyone the wrong advice. But I was actually getting interviewed and um, the host of the po other podcast told me that someone she interviewed uh, consumed cannabis while she was pregnant and she had this like really genetic like kidney condition I don't really know that was supposed to get passed down to her baby but she consumed cannabis and baby didn't have it so I was like wow this is really interesting I just wanted to learn more about um, if you can consume cannabis while pregnant 
Yeah. I, I know a couple of people who have used cannabis while pregnant in a bunch of different forms. First and foremost, like always ask your doctor or talk to your doula. Um, those two things are critical when you are pregnant. And this is not medical advice. It's just what I know and what I've heard and what I've learned um, and researched myself. But from most of the time, majority of the people that I know who have used cannabis have had consultations with their doctors and doulas. Um, and whether that's two puffs of a joint a day just to get rid of morning sickness or to use topicals as a means to get rid of back pains, um, tons of people have used it. The, the thing about women and cannabis is really interesting because, you know, there's this myth that women have a higher, higher tolerance to cannabis than men do. And biologically, yeah, we do because we produce more endocannabinoids and have a bigger system of receptors because we were built to carry life and to produce life and that. to give birth to life. Yeah, and so one of the actual, uh, one of the biggest components or producers of endocannabinoids when a woman is pregnant comes through her breast milk. And so you're actually giving your baby the basic components of cannabis not realistically but your body's version of cannabis and that's one of the things that is making them into them and helping them grow oh yeah yeah so when you are pregnant and you know endocannabinoid deficiency causes every single condition medical mental bottom line if you are deficient somewhere in your endocannabinoid system whether that's genetically through amino acid produ productions or through your environment or your diet, um, you know, you can use certain things to bring those levels back up. So right. think about when you're pregnant and you're taking prenatal pills or vitamins, you could, in addition, add hemp-based vitamins to your diet or even hemp seeds. You don't need to go the full nine miles with right. cannabis. Yeah, you can just take it and get those supplements that your body needs, mm -hmm. that your endocannabinoid system needs. So at the end of the day, you can take it. However, know what your body needs mm -hmm. um, and just make sure that you are keeping it in the homeostasis it should be. Um, yeah. Whenever, you know, you're smoking or inhaling something, it's probably not the most safest way to consume because, you know, it is combustion and it is smoke there's tar in your lungs yeah there's components coming from the butane from your lighter uh the chemicals coming out of your papers and being inhaled through the smoke burning cannabis in itself can be really harmful so you just have to be extremely cautious on on how much you're taking when you're taking it and the method that you're doing for sure what do you think would be like i mean i guess it matters on the person but yeah. like if you would recommend one product or like for to give someone who's pregnant, what would you recommend? From the ones that I've talked to, and this is going off of the base of, you know, I've made products for people, basalts and creams and, and stuff for people to use for anything from stretch marks to pains or just uh, you know swollen ankles things like that and I think topicals topicals are always the safest right. the main reason you can't get high from them is it has to soak through five different layers of your skin your mm -hmm. dermis 
uh, and it doesn't actually engage through your bloodstream and be received the, the uh, same way as eating or something like that. Um, but also microdose. Like if you're pregnant, you you shouldn't be getting super high. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, there is such a thing as too much of a good thing. Right. Um, and, you know, using a microdose method might be more beneficial than taking one or two large um, amounts at a time. Right. Again, you just got to double check with your medical provider yeah. um, and be able to figure out what's best for you. But I mean, these courses that Dr. Michelle Ross has is quite incredible on being able to figure this kind of stuff out. And there's actually studies. Um, I totally forgot about this note that oh. I made. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, I, I found the name for you. It's Dr. Ciara Torres from the adjunct, she's an adjunct assistant professor in the Department of Psychology at Columbia University. And she's overlooking a bunch of studies about cannabis consumption and pregnancy. Um, and a lot of people who have looked into this uh, know the Jamaica study, which is a little bit out of date, but I still think it's quite relevant because in Jamaica, cannabis has such a cultural significance. And, you know, if there were major birth defects occurring, we would see a crazy amount coming out of Jamaica because women do consume cannabis while pregnant there and from a lot of other different places where it's legalized. Mm -hmm. Do they do a ton of the research there? Yeah, because you have majority of the population consuming and we're not seeing a ton of defects coming from Jamaica. So we know for a fact just off of that without looking at any major research that, you know, it can't be as bad yeah. as people said in moderation. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Yeah, was, it's it's super neat. It's amazing. There's yeah. Like, and happy. <laughs> there, there are like companies too that are coming out with uh, endocannabinoid DNA tests. So the same as like oh. an ancestry.com, you take a little swab, you send it in and you can wow. get a genetic breakdown. So like realistically in 10 years, people will know all of this information off the bat and like taking cannabis while pregnant could become a norm, mm -hmm. hypothetically. Like this could be a pregnancy pill. That'd be amazing. Very nice. Yeah, I feel <laughs> your mind a little bit. Oh yeah, I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, whoa, I was just sitting there like with my phone up. Wow, like when we had our call. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. And like, you know, you can have deficiencies based off of your genetics, like I said, but you could also have it from anything else. And if you are deficient in something, so could your child. And so that's why I'm taking these courses because it would be great to be able to give con consults to women who are curious about this thing or, yeah. you know, give access to the information because if there's a thing that could really, really help you, you should have access to it and right. you should have access to the information to learn about it. Right. Yeah. I do what I do. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just want to, as many people as possible to get the information hopefully someone will stumble across this podcast on my instagram who like doesn't know anything about it and you know learn like wow this is a medicine you know yeah 
that's my goal. at the end of the day that's what it is it's yeah. it's a healing property and people need to realize that before the part about getting high right. exactly <laughs> yeah wow this was amazing thank you so much for taking the time to be here with me i really enjoyed this talk and everyone please take your time to find her instagram it is at a-l-y-k-b-e-n and she also has an amazing blog the high giant blog that covers a bunch of interesting topics definitely worth the read and she has for example an article called the ultimate survival guide for anxiety triggered highs I still need to read that. I've been like, I'm do, gonna do it this weekend. I, I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, there's so much information. <laughs> yeah, that, that one's a little bit of a longer one for sure. Also, thank you for your kind words. It's amazing to, to be able to talk about this stuff. The, the anxiety or in, uh, anxiety, anxiety triggered highs, my goodness. Uh, I think my edible might be kicking in. Um, <laughs> sorry guys. <laughs> Um, but ATH, what, what I like to call ATH is something that so many people suffer from and why a lot of people don't use cannabis. And it goes back to that first time cannabis user, like six steps, easy things, make sure you're in a good environment, make sure your friends are teaching you or you're consuming with people the right way. Um, you know, be outside if that's something that grounds you physically ground yourself, take off your socks and shoes and put your feet on the earth not on your carpet on earth mm -hmm. uh and there's all these basic um anxiety training techniques that a lot of uh therapists use mm -hmm. or a lot of techniques for meditation can also be used and it sounds kind of hippy dippy now but i swear it works <laughs> oh i believe you i so believe you. i need to read it just to like because when you are smoking with people for the first time like you want to make sure you have all the knowledge to take care of them in case like they get anxiety or something because you want them to have the best time and you know don't want to scar them from it yeah as as people who consume cannabis it's our job right. to represent it in a proper way in a safe way and have a little bit of etiquette yeah like also don't be that person who is smoking a joint on the sidewalk and stands next to a toddler across right. the street dude there's a there's so many things that you know could change the way that people think about cannabis consumers and etiquette is the biggest thing by far etiquette and education be a respectful stoner people <laughs> yeah Just be nice about it you know <laughs> maybe people will respect our community more <laughs> Yeah, because think about it, you know, if if I was a mom and had that happen where someone was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, like, and went, I'd be like, oh my gosh, like, that was such a considerate thing to do. Right. It'd be more shocking to see that yeah. than to be shocked that like, hey, my cat, my kid's getting second hand high. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants that. Yeah, no one wants that. <laughs> oh, this was awesome thank you so much oh thank you for having me anytime it was awesome being able to talk about it and those questions you had were real thinkers thank you i tried my best <laughs> <laughs> awesome well thank you so much for having me thank you for joining all right see you guys in the next episode <laughs> thanks for listening to today's show to check out more great cannabis podcasts go to podconnects.com 
Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, it's Justin Benton, host of the Miracle Plant Podcast, where we discuss this miracle plant that goes by so many names and how it's helping people in so many extraordinary ways. So if you love this plant and you want to hear a story that tugs on those heartstrings and learn more about this plant, then head on over to the Miracle Plant Podcast. You'll be glad you did.